Our first reading this morning comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let us join together in reading responsibly whole verse by whole verse from Psalm 65. You are to be praised, O God, in Zion. To you shall vows be fulfilled. To you, the one who answers prayer. To you, all flesh shall come. Our sins are stronger than we are, but you blot out our transgressions. Happy are they to whom you choose and draw to your courts to dwell there. They will be satisfied by the beauty of your house, by the holiness of your temple. Awesome things will you show us in your righteousness, O God of our salvation, O hope of all the ends of the earth and of the oceans far away. You make firm the mountains by your power. You are girded about with might. You still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the clamor of the peoples. Those who dwell at the ends of the earth will tremble at your marvelous signs. You make the dawn and the dusk to sing for joy. You visit the earth and water it abundantly. You make it very plenteous. The river of God is full of water. You prepare the grain, for so you provide for the earth. You drench the furrows and smooth out the ridges. With heavy rain, you soften the ground and bless its increase. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths overflow with plenty. May the fields of the wilderness be rich for grazing and the hills be clothed with joy. May the meadows cover themselves with flocks and the valleys cloak themselves with grain. Let them shout for joy and sing. Our second lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, the eighth chapter. Paul writes, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. 
For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies as through His Spirit that dwells in you. The Holy Gospel this morning according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it in joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, we join me now for a word of prayer. Lord God, sow your word in our hearts and let it take deep root. Nurture us by the warmth of your spirit and the waters of our baptism that we may yield good fruit all to the glory of your name. Bless us in this time of worship. Guide us by your spirit and the word which you have given to us and raise us up in all things to be the body of Christ for the world. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
for avid gardeners and farmers, you know that if you intend to plant anything at all, it takes some time to prepare the soil. You have to pull weeds, dig out rocks, cut around roots, cut back thorns and thistles that will ultimately choke out your crop. The earth needs to be walked, tilled, and turned, worked constantly and consistently over years to make sure that the weeds don't creep back in. It's long, hard work, but even then, if between drought or wind or flood, the entire stand could be gone. Hard work indeed, with no guarantee. When it comes to Matthew's gospel, the author seems to have a preference for recording the teachings of Jesus that have an agricultural flair. Throughout June, we heard in Matthew 10, Jesus' teaching of his disciples about laboring for the kingdom of God's harvest. This week, now in Matthew 13, Jesus has a different teaching for the disciples, where we are called to work on the front end of the growing season, sowing words of the kingdom throughout creation. Jesus' explanation to the parable makes the interpretation a little easier for us trying to make sense of what it is he's trying to teach us. The words of God's kingdom are the promises of forgiveness, mercy, and wholeness which come by God's generous favor. The soil are the people who receive these promises, the harvest, the fruit of a life transformed and enlivened by the Holy Spirit. But of course, there still are questions. What about the not-so-fruitful endings of the seeds sown on the path where the birds gorge themselves or among the rocks or the weeds or the thorns? We can't blame the seed, right? These promises of the kingdom, they come from God, and we can't really even fault the people, the ground on which the seeds of the gospel are sown. Soil is only as good as it has been prepared for planting. No, Jesus draws attention to the other things which choke the life out of the gospel and prevent it from taking root in the lives of God's people, a people who are battered down by the brokenness of this world over and over again. People who have become dismissive of God's promises because those who sow them have abused our calling, trampling down the earth and making it easy for the adversary to spread doubt, disgust, and indifference. There are also those who are momentarily attracted to Jesus and his teachings, but see his call to discipleship and appears within them to be harsh, too difficult or too demanding. And so what was once received with joy and enthusiasm quickly withers and dies when a hardened heart refuses to deny itself, take up its cross and follow. And of course, there are the things which distract us from following Jesus fully by soaking up all of the life from God's promises like thorns in a thicket. Our busy schedules, our lack of prayer and devotion, our lackluster worship, a world that is consumed with greed and a lust for power, and all of the other things that keep us from focusing on Jesus. Be it trampled earth, rocky soil, or thorns and weeds, Notice that the soil itself is not bad. 
It's all the other stuff that gets in the way. As people who are called to sow the seeds of Jesus' resurrection promise, we must be aware that as we go and labor in the harvest, there are so many unnecessary, even harmful things which attempt to keep our neighbors from experiencing the fullness of abundant life from God in Jesus. We must be mindful of where the Spirit leads us to sow the seed so that our labor may not be in vain and so that we don't go hacking for rocks when we're surrounded by thistles and thorns. That our labor may be the transformation of creation which comes from the resurrection life of Jesus taking root in and through each and every one of us. Remember the stories of Jesus, right? As Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, when he encountered people and began sowing the seeds of the kingdom, what did he do? Did he show up in town, preach and teach a few lessons, and then hightail it to the next village? No. No, before he even really began to speak, he eased the burdens of the people, loosening the earth, digging out the rocks, cutting back thorns as he healed the sick, cleansed the leopard, raised the dead, and cast out demons. Jesus prepared the way by removing the barriers which kept people from experiencing abundant life in God by loving them fully, and only then invited them to join him as a disciple. Think of your own experience of growing in faith as a follower of Jesus. Who were the people who tended to you when you were at your lowest, when you had been beaten down by the various trials and tribulations of the world? Who were the ones who showed you the love of Jesus by bearing your burdens without judgment, offering a comforting presence in your distress, opening your eyes and your ears to experience how trusting in the promises of Jesus frees us for a life without this weight around our shoulders? Who were the saints who cultivated you in the faith and shared the important lessons of hope, compassion, and generosity for you? Who helped make your heart good soil? Let those who have ears listen. It takes a lot of work to become good soil. So thanks be to God for those who have tended each and every one of us, who have tended in the fields of our life to prepare the way for Jesus' resurrection promise to take its root. Thanks be to God that Christ's church has been given to the world to do the same thing, to bear the fruit of resurrection, transforming creation by sharing the goodness of God in Christ Jesus as we build up communities of love, mercy, and forgiveness in our homes and in our neighborhood. Let those who have ears listen. Remember as you labor for the kingdom that no matter how diligently we strive to cultivate good soil in the life of our neighbors, there will be some beaten paths that are too worn to break loose. Some rocks that are too large to dig out of people's lives. Some thorns too troublesome to cut away lest they creep up and take hold of your own life but have no fear sow the seed anyway because regardless of these things 
It is not us who causes the sun to rise or the waters to fall. God's word of life and liberation shall accomplish that which God intends and succeed in and of itself because God sends it, calling us to labor in the sowing and in the harvest, to go out with joy and return back in peace. God is the one who gives the growth and produces a yield, be it a hundredfold or 60 or 30. But those who have ears, listen. Remember, as you labor, we do not measure the spread of the gospel by the volume of people who hear the good news, but in the ways that it takes hold of people's lives and transforms them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do our lives bear the fruit of justice, offering hope and deliverance to a people worn down by violence, shame, poverty, and the oppression of being treated as a lower class of people? Do our lives bear the fruit of mercy, offering comfort to the sick and the dying, empathy to the distressed and overburdened, and peace to those who are tormented by grief, addiction, and self-loathing? Do our lives bear the fruit of forgiveness, drawing in close those who are thorns in our very side, releasing the pride and the guilt from our own lives, trusting that Christ is in us, giving us life, not of our own righteousness, but out of the very goodness of God in this body and in the next. Let those who have ears listen. May our understanding lead us to trust in the goodness of God. May our trust in the promises of Christ crucified and raised for us give life and growth as we labor. May the Spirit who lives through us yield the fruits of love, mercy, and forgiveness for all to know and share. In the name of Christ. Amen.